You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mentally exhausted, physically exhausted, the season is almost over and Claude Giroux has spoken to the media about trade rumors let's talk about it all right now this is the orange and back check podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt episode 105 of orange and back check you can always follow us at orange and back check on Twitter Facebook Instagram all that good stuff uh, we are will be in attendance for tomorrow's game against Carolina make sure you are tuning in on our Twitter page at o backcheck for the Twitter space pregame show uh, with myself and the guy across from me, as always, Scott Weinhart. What's going on, brother? Well, I have to say that I'm still extremely disappointed over last week's episode at the end of it. Uh, we, My son and I did watch the Flyers and Penguins highlights, and he was cheering for the Penguins the entire yeah. time. So I, I, I have my concerns. I have my you concerns. Know, but he's four. He gets time to come around. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I think w- there's going to be a time, episode like 150, 170 mm-hmm. of this podcast where we're just going to have to do a full-blown intervention like that's you know that's what that's what it's going to come to because 150 170 will probably get us into the the end of the 2022 2023 season hopefully mm-hmm. so you know that's that's when when you're five you gotta you gotta make a decision here sawyer come on yeah yeah he's he's, <laughs> get, he's getting closer he's getting closer but you know it's just um logically i know why i know why he likes he actually likes the animal penguins it's one of his favorite animals he has an animal yeah. penguin stuffy so logically it all makes right sense. so the, the, so the, the organization of the flyers is such is such in disarray let's make a proposal mm-hmm. listen this is gonna sound crazy would you be willing to change your nickname to the penguins just do a reversal just yeah. just yeah. let's just call the penguins pittsburgh Say, hey, listen, we got a situation here in Philadelphia. This kid really likes penguins, but he can't like your penguins. Can you be the Flyers from here on out and he'll be, we'll be the penguins? I think that's the solution we may have to consider here. Or the way that Dave Scott and his crew would go about it would probably more or less like, hey, look, we're not going to just be the penguins. We're going to be the other penguins. The other penguins. The penguins. Yes. Penguins. Yes. The other penguins. So they're going to be the Pittsburgh penguins versus the Philadelphia other penguins. Yeah. So uh, and then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to yep. channel the days when they were almost filing for bankruptcy when the team was terrible. And we're going to do all that stuff because we're going to be those penguins, not the penguins that that are actually tied for first place in the division right now. Right. Right. That that that's the only solution I see. You're just right. to appease my four-year-old, you know, just, just to do that. <laughs> All this stuff just to appease a four-year-old. The things we do, I guess, right? Right. This is what happens when you have a bad hockey team. This is what you can talk about on a podcast. Yeah, like like I said, like Claude Giroux spoke this week 
that was the big thing. Like Ivan Provorov uh, caused one of the did one of the worst turnovers in his career uh, against Washington on what was it Thursday night, Wednesday night? It doesn't matter Thursday anymore. Night, yeah, uh, like to start that homestand. I mean, you, it was it is so obvious when they have a one goal lead with less than two minutes to goal to go, they are giving up. A They're going to blow it. They're going to blow. blow it. They don't know how to close out games, which is really infuriating for a team that Chuck Fletcher said is building up th- because, again, he, you needed a veteran presence. You had the Robert Hagues of the world uh, that that were not ready to take on the, the, the responsibilities that he was asking them. So he said, OK, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to get the wrist alignments of the world. I'm going to get Ryan Ellis of the world who's played four total games and listen that hopefully he's back for next season but like when you see Ivan Provorov who is supposed to be a staple of your future not just for the next two seasons or whatever it is like a longevity of this this franchise like when he does this kind of stuff it's just you gotta consider him in the conversations with Claude Giroux, who we'll get to in a second, talking to the media for the first time since these trade rumors really started to ramp up, like Ivan Provorov has to be at the top of the list now. He has to be. Probably. But him, Martin Jones, Justin Braun, and, and, and him, like it's and Claude, like it's not worth it to me to continue to like if if we're at a point with this franchise where if we don't believe in a guy, just get rid of him. Like there's no there's no rhyme or reason to keep a guy around when you're going to go into a full rebuild like you are when you trade Claude Giroux by the end of next month. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, from the organization standpoint, they don't believe they need to go to a full rebuild, which is. But that's a bunch part, of crock. partly true. I mean, I can see both ways. I really can. As crazy as it sounds, even by trading Claude Giroux, I still believe that there's a way that they can kind of rebound this thing. If not next season, then the season after. It could be a short retooling process of what it could be. Right. I, I get that. But like, I don't know. I, I, here, here, I believe here. that it could be less than two years, less than three years, excuse me. But like, a lot of things have to go right. Well, listen, and that's the key. And I think that without, and there's a couple things, and it's not using it as an excuse. They didn't expect Ryan Ellis to be injured all season long. They didn't expect Sean Couturier to have back issues. They didn't expect Kevin Hayes to get hurt. They didn't expect to be completely depleted up the middle. When you lose your top two centers in the National Hockey League, you're screwed to begin with. There's really not really many chances you can stay competitive if you lose technically your best player on your line there. All, all the way down the issue more or less too has become is that you have other players who have not stepped up and taken that step to where they can be better you know better players at some point you kind of have to say with some players this is what they are guys like Ivan Provorov maybe this is what he is now he hasn't had a viable partner in two seasons and he played very well when that Matt Niskanen was here but maybe he can't he's not that guy where he can play as a full true number one they don't grow on trees they don't come across that often so maybe that's one part of it. The other part of it, too, is another guy that I've been critical of the past few seasons is Travis Konechny, is that Travis Konechny is not taking that step forward. He's going to be 25 this year as a winger in the NHL. At some point, you got to say he is what he is. He's a guy who puts up maybe 50 points a year, but he's not a consistent 20-goal scorer. And I, I have a, I have an issue with that yet. So And I don't even think this year he's going to even cross over 20 goals. And that's problematic for a guy who's almost you know, 24 or 25. But I think with some of this stuff, the reason why they look as bad as they do is simply because of confidence. When, when you suck, 
and your team is that bad, it's very hard to stay motivated. Good God, my children are loud. <laughs> oh my God, it's completely unnecessary. But they're, that's how I react too. when I, I see mean, Travis that, Konechny. <laughs> that's a that's an exact representation of how the fan base and the listeners of this podcast feel. That that's yeah, exactly that right yeah, there. without yeah. a doubt, without a doubt. It, with 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 Travis Konechny, I think that he's a guy who has not played with confidence in the last two seasons. Ivan Prover, I don't think has had a lot of confidence the last two seasons. That's why I kind of want to see. And like Chuck Fletcher went back and said before he he fired AV mm-hmm. is that they want to see what this team is. And, and when you have it, when there are fully healthy, Sean Couturier in the lineup, Kevin Hayes, Ryan Ellis, they could be a completely different team. My question is, is that it would that really have an impact on a guy? How much of an impact would it be on a guy like Ivan Provorov? And how impactful would that be for a guy like Travis Konechny? So those are guys that I'm looking at that they might not be around next season. But the question is, do you give them one more season? Or do you trade them now? Because I think this season we might see a little more player movement in the offseason here than we previously yeah, I, have. That's where I lean. Like it's it, the, the Claude Giroux, the Martin Jones. Maybe you can convince me Justin Bronze of the world that are on this roster moved on March 21st or by March 21st, I should say, for the trade deadline. Everything else, draft day, before the draft, all that stuff. Because like there's no, there's not one, you're not going to get the full value of the player because everyone is trying to make the players, the, the trades that are made at the NHL trade line are the contenders buying into to make a final push and the sellers that are the flyers getting as much as they can for their future. Right. That's why you're right. not going to get value for maybe, you know, I would throw in Ivan Provorov at the deadline. Like I think he could potentially be something there. I think that's a less than 2% chance that that actually happens if they move him because he's he's too valuable. Like, if you give up Claude Giroux, Martin Jones, Justin, or um, Ivan Provorov, and Justin Braun at the trade deadline, you you might lose every game after that. Like, yeah, you just like, have the Lehigh Valley Phantoms up there. That's what exactly. you have. Like, you legitimately – and then you have to consider, are you hindering again, as we've discussed time and time again, the development of these players because now they're not getting the proper development that they need in Lehigh and they're being thrusted into the NHL because you have no one else to play and it's just the end of it. And you're like, wow, this is, you're going to be now worse than the 06, 07 team by a long shot. And honestly, you can convince me that this team is worse than that team right now. They probably are because at least back then they had some talent you could build around. They had Simone Gagne. They had Carter Richards who were young players at the time. They had RJ Umberger. They had players around that time who were younger, still developing, coming through. Here, I here's the thing with Provorov though. I don't know if you're ready to give up on him because think about it this way: you, you're not just depleting the roster for the NHL. You're depleting the roster for Lehigh Valley. Where are you getting all these prospects from? Like, where are you, where are you getting them from? It hasn't panned out this season, but I don't think we're at the point where you just say the whole thing's a dumpster fire, pull the plug, and completely rebuild. And the reason why is that you're not just going to trade every player on your roster because you, you really don't have the ability to do that. I think if a Provorov trade is going to happen, it's going to happen in the offseason. I think if a connecting trade is going to tra- it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the offseason. And I think with that, you're going to package a player like Provorov and Konechny probably together to go get a bigger asset. And I think that that's what if you're going to make a big balls out move. Yeah, that's the move you would do in that aspect. I'm not too convinced that they're going to deplete their entire roster beforehand. I think that the Claude Giroux trade is going to be enough where you're going to get enough talent in there to kind of see, okay, here's a preview of what we're going to have next season, kind of like they did in 06, 07, because they made some solid moves at the deadline there. They traded Peter Forsberg. They got Scotty Upshaw out of the deal. 
Ryan Parent, who was a, um, uh, what's it called? A defenseman didn't pan out. But at the same time, they they went out and Scotty Upshaw played really well for a while there. They went out and got Marty Biron for a second-round pick, and he played very well as he got a chance to be a full-time starter in the, in the NHL. They had some they had some bright spots there that we're really looking forward to, and I think that they're looking at it the same way and saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to get a pretty decent haul after the trade that happened this past week with Tyler Toffoli and, and yep. also the, the Nick Ritchie trade, which is more of a salary move, but you're seeing what guys are commanding or what teams are getting out there with. So – with with the Tyler Toffoli trade, it's a real big deal because it's a pick, a prospect, a player, and a prospect. I think you might get the same thing here. So if that happens, then you're really going to be able to say, okay, the pieces that we got, they're going to fit in the lineup now or going forward. How is that going to play in for next season with some of these guys and develop chemistry with them? It might give something to people to look excited to, depending on what they get. Do they get Alex Kerfoot? Who knows? I don't know if they're getting Alex Kerfoot. Um, are they getting, uh, what's it called, uh, some other players as far as uh, 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 Bowen Byram? I don't think they're going to trade for Bowen Byram because they're going to need, they need, they need, a, they need, they need forward help. But, I mean, who, what are they going to get out of that deal, which is really going to be a, a big-time deal for, the, for the Flash? The only concern I have, looking at the Tyler Toffoli trade with Calgary and Montreal, Tyler Toffoli is on an extended con- – you have him for multiple years in Calgary. Right. You, you get him, I think – I was going to say, I think it was either two or three more years, depending on the contract. And that is security. It, it, it's a nice thing to have for Calgary because you gave up that first-round pick but you have a guaranteed guy for at least two seasons, right? Claude's a rental. Like, let's not, let's not release, <sighs> get rid of our expectations that or forget that I should say that Claude is at the end of his contract. Literally like he's a free agent and can right. sign anywhere he wants at the end of this year. Uh, we talked last week about Colorado. So let's stick with that. Like, cause that's one of his three choices. According to reports, Minnesota is apparently a conversation and St. Louis, yeah. if, if Colorado doesn't work. Let's stay with Colorado. Colorado is the apex of where Claude could go because they're an immediate shot at winning a Stanley Cup. Colorado should be deep in the playoffs this year, depending on how things shake out. Mm -hmm. Like if you're Colorado making that, that push, do you say to yourself, we are so desperate. We are so needing of a guy like Claude Giroux. We're willing to give up a first round pick in 2023, a second round pick in 2024, a prospect and a player for this guy. Cause that sounds like a lot because then you don't are not guaranteed. Are you willing to buy today and sell tomorrow is basically like, cause you're, if you're Colorado, you're selling tomorrow to win the cup. And if you don't win the cup, then you have to figure out where you stand because then you're losing Claude Giroux. Probably there's no guarantee that he signs. I don't, I, I talked with Anthony Sanfilippo on his Twitter space before I don't think it was the Capitals game one of the games that we just uh, the Flyers just had and of course lost we both agreed like if Claude Giroux does this where he is uh, is traded to another team becomes a free agent it's a less than 50% chance despite how much he loves it here I think it's a less than 50% chance that he re-signs with Philadelphia oh yeah 100% because there's not there as much as and there was a great piece not piece uh podcast uh with Elliot Friedman, 32 thoughts that, that big, that like, they absolutely love it here. It's been 14 years. We actually just crossed the 14th anniversary of Claude Giroux making his debut right. as a Philadelphia flyer. He wore number 56 trivia question for, he did. Uh, yes, yeah. he did for a while. And then he switched to 28. So like, it, it, it's very difficult to, to tell yourself, like, 
yeah, I'm going to, I'm finally moving on. And it to actually happen. That's why Claude was so very somber. Like that, that press conference he had earlier this week was very somber. It felt, it didn't feel like a funeral, but it felt like a guy that doesn't want to accept the fact that this is it just yet. Like he's pushing yeah. it off as, as quickly as, as much as he can, because he even said, we have a, I have a lot to talk about with, with Chuck Fletcher, but I just mm-hmm. haven't had those conversations yet. So yeah. I think like, there's no, if I'm Colorado, knowing that this is the end for Philadelphia and Claude Giroux's tenure, why am I going to convince myself that I have to give up equal or more than Tyler Foley did with Montreal and Calgary? Okay. So for part one of this, I think we look at this is that Chuck Fletcher and Pat Brisson have had those conversations about what, what's going to go forward here. Those conversations I've had have sure. happened from, from what I've seen. It, I think part of the problem is too, is that Colorado's window is now. Yeah. And it's not going to get any bigger than it is now. You it's could convince a- me. You could convince me that Calgary's window is right now. Oops, it is. They're it pac- absolutely the first is. And, 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 and I think that Bill Guerin might feel that the wild are one or two pieces away. Yep. So there's a couple of teams that think their window is open. Now, even St. Louis, St. Louis thinks that they could repeat, even though they're having problems in goal with, uh, with Jordan Bennington and Billy Huso. Yep. So the, the, there's a couple of teams out there who, who, whose window they feel is open now. Okay, so if you're Colorado looking at this, you drafted Nathan McKinnon a decade ago almost, okay? You drafted Alec, uh, what's it called? Gabriel Landeskog, I think, in 2009. So you have Kale McCarr, who's, who's finally taking off after, after a few years. You have, you know, depthed guys like with uh, Bowen Byram. You have Alex Newhook, not Kerfoot, Alex Newhook. Uh, you have Alex Newhook, who's going to be a, a premier, uh, probably a premier player in the future. My question is, when you look at this, the Colorado Islands, a guy like Joe Sackick needs to look at this and say, am I better with Alex Newhook now or Claude Giroux now? Yeah. And I think that that's the way the teams need to look at it. We, we, can, we can sit here and speculate all we want, but from a managerial standpoint, they need to look, does Claude Giroux make us better than Alex Newhook will right now? Will he make it better than Bowen Byron will right now? Will they make us better than, you know, whatever other prospect they have there right now? now because listen there's only one stanley cup and they're in a season right now where at some point at some point you don't want to get into a situation like the san jose sharks where you get so close you claw your way so many times you finally get there and you can't get it done then you get and then your team completely falls apart that's that's kind of what happens like you get there you either get it done or you don't your windows are very very small in the nhl so if i'm looking at this from a perspective saying there's new hook. Yes, he might have all this potential down the line. We say the same thing about Travis Connected. We say the same thing about Ivan Provo. Does does new hook make us better than Claude Giroux? I would think not. So I'm probably going to say, okay, you know what? Probably better off getting a guy like Claude Giroux. Let's pay for it because you know what? We might not get this opportunity again. And I think you might see a situation where it could be a Ray Bork situation because listen, Claude's window is closing too. He's 34 years old. He's playing very well this season. Do you expect it to continue at 35, 36 years old? I don't know because time is the only thing that's undefeated around here in, in yep. the NHL. So the wild, do they have enough assets to be able to send something to Philadelphia for that bad? Because now you're going to get, this is exactly where you need to be because you want to get it into that bidding war. Whereas St. Louis, like, hey, I'm going to throw like 
Robert Thomas at you guys. Well, you want to throw Robert Thomas at us. That, that's a roster ready player. Who's already had a lot of playoff experiences and won a Stanley cup. I might want that. You yeah. know, Alex Newhook, he's a, a, a good young guy. who's 21 years old. Who has a bright, would, bright future in front if of him. Like, new hook. If new hook is in that package, I say yes to today. Almost hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Cause that he's, he's just, he's, he's going to be, he's the their top prospect. If, yeah. if he, if, like he's their Besides guy. Besides Bo like, and Byram. Yeah. Right. But like if the fact that new hook, cause last week we, we didn't really mention new hook. We talked about buying yeah. We talked about like, but like, Newhook wasn't in the conversation until probably this week or late last week. Yeah, after we did our talk episode. about him briefly last week. Okay, we did. So, yeah. But like, it's still he wasn't. It didn't seem like he was a serious candidate or pro- topic that could be in the package. And then all of a sudden, he is now. Yeah. And if he, Newhook is in this, if is in this conversation, and Colorado, like you said, is willing to say, "We'll buy today with Claude Giroux, then sell tomorrow for Newhook." Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a that's a hundred percent yes. If I'm Chuck Fletcher. 10 out of 10 times. Agreed. I think I think you have to. I think you don't have a choice because with with you're, you're going to run out of time and your window is going to close at some point. So you really have to say what's about the, and Colorado's playing very well. I mean, they're 36, 9, and 4. So, I mean, that's yeah. nothing to sneeze. That's a really solid record, especially out there on the West, which has been really competitive this season. So there's a couple teams out there that are going to be like, yeah, we're really close. What's going to get us over the top? I think a guy like Claude Giroux in Colorado would be a great fit for them because, listen, Claude's going to play in their second or third line. That's going to be yeah. really, really a lot of depth for them. And that's why Joe Sackick has to look at this hard and say, is Claude Giroux make us better now than Alex Newhook? And that, you know, like it might, there'll be some negotiation about what kind of pick and what year and all that stuff. Like Newhook at a first in 2023 might be a bit of an overpay, but listen, there's a lot of teams that are going to be bidding with this. So, I'm I'm excited to see if um, uh, what's it called? I'm excited to see what happens here because you know if if you can get a guy like Newhook or even like Robert Thomas, like you know like a Robert Thomas is a center who's 22 years old. You know you get that in a first round. That might be a better fit also because he's already won a cup and you know what he is in the NHL. Who's picked uh, what's it called? Um, who was picked 20th overall in 2017? So it's not like he's 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 he was a low prospect by any chance. So that's what it that's what I would look at it as say I think that Colorado and some of these teams are willing to sell a little bit more of those pieces knowing their window is going to close rather soon. I think you're in a great time because listen, the Tyler Toffoli deal was so helpful in yeah. a sense where Tyler Toffoli got first a, a first round pick, a prospect and a roster ready player in your boy Tyler, Tyler Pitlick. Pitlick. Yep, yeah, that's your boy. So they got they got that for Tyler Toffoli. Now look, Tyler Toffoli is a good player, but he's not Claude Giroux. He's not even close. He's to not. Claude but I but I think that the 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 value is the extension because you have Correct. him for multiple years. That's what was appealing for Calgary because, like you said, Colorado's win now window is now. Calgary's right. is probably. Well, really, Calgary's in all, it now. That, that's a move you make when you're ready to win. Uh, so, like the the the. The, the, the thing we haven't really discussed, and we'll talk about it now, like the prospect that Calgary might be losing one of their best players. And the rumor mill has again resurfaced. And this to, this actually goes to your point about the idea of this rebuild in Philadelphia not being as, as, as drastic as it needs to be. Yeah. Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey. There's rumors that he's obviously a free agent this season. Right rumors are already going around that the Philly kid wants to come back and sign with Philadelphia. 
If I'm Chuck Fletcher, I have to think long and hard about this because, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you'll go more into depth about it or, or explain it to, to, to myself in the audience because I don't always get it. <laughs> He's a winger. And again, we talked about Kevin Hayes, Sean Couturier, your top two centers being injured significantly back and core. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. And and like there's no guarantees, despite what Chuck Fletcher says, that these guys will be ready for the offseason or the start of next season, 2022, 2023. Do you take that risk and say, here, Johnny, here's a seven-year, $56 million deal, and you're hamstringing yourself again on a bloated con, a big contract. I shouldn't say bloated because Johnny Hockey is worthy worthy of that kind of money and tenure. But if you're signing a winger who has to have a good centerman anchoring him and you don't have that, is it worth taking that risk? Because honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Johnny Hockey gets you the public eye that you think it gets. I think the fan, the hardcore fans like you and I get excited over it. But I don't think I don't think the casual fan or the distance fan one because they're they're not existent anymore. They're gone. They've lost them. I don't think they've lost. I think it would bring a certain dynamic back to bring a home tech at home. Okay. I, I, I personally would look forward to it. What makes me nervous about the Johnny Gaudreau situation is this, is that a lot of undue pressure that might be put on. Yeah. And, and because hometown guy, he's such a good hockey player. I think that the ridicule on him would be more bloated than people think. And, yeah. I, and that, that makes me nervous. Cause like Johnny's a hell of a player. Guess what was plus minuses this year? Just take a wild guess. In Calgary, let's yes. see. Well, they're a good team. I'll say plus 17. Nope. What is it? Plus 40. Yeah. See, that's absurd. <laughs> that's but that wouldn't there is there is a less than zero percent chance that it's plus 40 if he Oh, yeah, yeah, that. yeah. But I mean, listen, they're they're playing standing. He's playing with Sean Monahan still. Sean Monahan's a great center. They yep. have uh when they're and their goaltending is absolutely astounding. And Jacob Markstrom's my god, he's been so good this year. Um, overall, they're just they're just a solid team that's just ready to take that next step and go. Um, but I think that if you get a guy like Johnny Hockey, can you, can you hang on with Alex Newhook and Johnny Hockey together? My God, this that sounds speed. pretty cool. Now, like that, that would that, be fun to watch. That's, that's like if, fast. That's and that's what your speed. Honestly, that that's a great point that you make because it's like, do you if the if the Colorado trade goes how you want, a mm-hmm. prospect, a NHL ready player, and draft picks for Claude Giroux and one of those is a, is a guy like like Newhook then I'm almost all in on trying to sign Johnny Hockey because that that changes the dynamic forever for, yeah because then you can put then you don't have to put you can honestly and I know we've talked about this was one of our first episodes we talked about Kevin Hayes being the second line center at this point he's more of a third line he's making third line he's making second line center money but is really a third line center talent yeah and, and then think of it this way. Think of it this way. If, if you do go out and get a center like Alex Newhook, and like Robert Thomas is a good player, but he's more of a two-way player. He's not a speed player like Alex Newhook is. You get a guy like Newhook. You put Johnny Hockey on his wing, okay? That means that Konecki's going to bump down to the second line, okay? Or even so, even if you put Johnny Hockey on the first line with Couturier, that would be pretty But You have a lot more options there. You have a lot more to play around with. And who knows? I mean, you even might be a package up you know, TK and go get something else as far as to help you out. It depends on what happens with the Rasmus or Stalina situation as well. Yep. So 
I, I look at this and say the they're they're not ready to tear down to a full rebuild. I think they have enough. Certainly not, because like I said last week, they're going to get new hook. Exactly. And they're going to they could convince themselves tomorrow that the only reason that they were as bad as they were is because of all the injuries. Right. And and listen, on the face of it. Yeah, I'll buy it. But if you're really paying attention to this team like you and I have or anybody else at, at the on press row that we meet, they know that this is not just injuries. This is this is this is deeper than that. This is this is organizational. Yeah, oh. and, I, and I think that's what would entice them to go after a guy like Johnny Gaudreau yep. because it's that hometown thing here. He's been such a good player. And just people need to realize what kind of player Johnny Gaudreau is. Johnny Gaudreau, a player, is a speed, speed player who shoots the puck a lot, uh, makes really smart plays, but he's not – this is no disrespect, none at all, because he's, he's not one of those guys like on the level of Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. He's not no, no, I don't. He's not a – He's he could be a, a, a cornerstone in your franchise, but he's not the player, so to speak. He's very well when he's surrounded by good talent there. And that's when he plays his best, like they I'll have let, a gallery this year. I'll let you finish your Goudreau, but make a mental note. I need to re- tell you a Sidney Crosby stat that blew my mind when it came to the Flyers. Continue. Well, go ahead and tell that. My thoughts over. I'm just like I okay. I that's what concerns me about the, the undue pressure to put on that and put on him. Because yeah. Johnny's a great player. He, he really is. is a great player. But he, he it's he's much more well refined when he has a good team surrounding yes. him. But when that's he's had he's me. had some down seasons when he's been the guy. Like and yep. it hasn't been Johnny seasons, but Tim yep. Calgary didn't have all the and it's, around him. It, it's too much it's not because he can't handle it, it's just that teams focus in on him. If you have yep. other players you focus in on, that's what makes Johnny makes Johnny even better. And that's what Calgary's got going on right now. And that's why they have a really good shot to win the cup this year. Yeah. And and honestly, but if they win the cup, then it's more of enticing that Johnny just stays up there. He'll stay in Calgary. <sighs> you don't know that. I mean, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I because mean, no, because once you win one, what do you want to do? You want to win another, win of course. One. But he's also a 28-year-old player. Like he's True. at that point of his career where if he's going to get that long-term seven-year deal, yeah. you're talking about a player of his caliber, size, and, and speed at 35 years old. The you know what I mean? Like you're you're talking you're talking prime is right now. You're going to want to commit seven years, eight million, uh, seven years and eight million dollars per year, or seven million dollars per year to a player that could wind up being along the lines of Danny Briere. I mean, granted, like Danny Briere was great. But a better, a I think season. he would be a better Danny Briere. Danny Briere also played the middle. He didn't play yeah. the wing. Yeah, so Danny did play very well when he played on the wing. But you know, I'm talking about when Danny hit that wall where his mm-hmm. speed went down, everything went down really fast. And that, that would be concerning me about signing a speedy winger up until he's 35 because the last two, three years of that deal, you could regret it. Yeah, you, that, you that's, most likely was. It's always it's just something to think about. Will it happen? No, because players are more in shape than they've ever been in their entire lives with all the technology we have now. So you have What's, players uh, playing up their forty. So here's the better. Here's the and I'll give you. The, we'll close out with this stat that I have on on Sidney Crosby that just blew my mind. Um, better chance, new hook for Drew or Johnny Gaudreau signing in the offseason? <sighs> new hook for Drew. Well, okay. New hook for Giroux. That, I think that, I I think I think I think that Chuck is so. I think Chuck would sign. I I think I think that there's would a be better, a Dave Scott move. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a. Chuck I know, move. but it, it, which also is scary as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah, that's that's the deep. That's the breaking news podcast when it finally happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I think it's closer to 50-50 than we realize, like if either one of them happening. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're probably right. But I think Newhook is probably a better chance. 
Like if we're talking 55, 45 type of deal. Listen, again, it goes back to this. What makes you a better player? I'm a better team right now. A 28 year old Johnny Gaudreau or 21 year old right. uh, center in, in Alex Newhook, who's got really a lot. I look at it this way, cap wise, money wise, everything like that. You're better off with a center because at least if yep. he needs you, you can move Newhook to the wing. Yeah. Johnny can't move to the middle. And, and no, and that's the thing is that, you know, um, you need some depth there. If anything has shown this team this season, you need more depth at the center position. You don't have enough. You yeah. don't have it's, enough. If you can get a player of that caliber. But again, you could also convince me that it's not every season that you lose all four of your projected top four centers in Patrick Brown, Sean Couturier, uh, 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 Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Like, that's absurd. Yeah. Like, that's, absurd. That's, 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 there's no other way to. It is absurd. It is absurd. Can, and so, who knows? Maybe both can happen. That'd be great if I, I'm I think. You, I think be fun to watch with New Hook and, and Gaudreau. I mean, that's just that would be that would ignite this fan base. It, it should. Would be, like it would. It absolutely would, would. We would be touting the the organization as a, making a great move. It would like be honestly, like 2011, 2012, all over again. When, yeah. When they when the Carter Richards deal, it would just reinvigorate the fan base. It would do all that stuff, and I think that's what you need. But yep. No matter, you can do anything you want to do in the offseason. I think this this season showed you can do whatever you need to do in the offseason. But if the thing is performing on the ice and the fans are still going to be pissed off, I mean, you know, you got Ristolainen, you got Ellis, you had a team like, man, we really repaired our back end. These guys are going to take off this season. And now they're third from last in the conference. So yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Uh, okay, so let's close out with this. Sidney Crosby just did his five, scored his 500th goal against the Flyers which was the most sure lock thing. thing I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Right. As, this, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, Oh my God, it's so good to score. Including tonight. that 500th goal. How many goals do you think Sidney Crosby has scored against the flyers? I want to say about 50. Right at 50. It really? feels like he should have way more. I swear you could convince me that he has scored 75 to hundred goals against this team. I was goals on teams a lot, man. That's 10% of his career goals come against yeah. the Flyers. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a that's a lot. How many games he played against the Flyers? Uh, let's see, Crosby. I, I mean, okay. it can't be, it's got to be at least. At and don't least forget, 200. he missed the full season too. With yeah, the with the concussions. Uh, let me see, his 178 games. That what that's it. Played 78 games, 50 goals in 78 games, 117 points in 78 games against the Flyers. And that's what happens when you have a divisional opponent like that, you know? Right. Like it, 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 it's not, it's not outlandish how long his career has gone. But at 117 points, I mean, that's still a lot. 78 games, it's a point and a half per game almost. It's actually more than that. It's probably it's more than that because he has 119 points. points. He has 119 points against the Flyers. That's absurd. That's brutal. That's brutal. plus minus of twelve. I just think seventy-eight games. I can't believe he played against the Flyers seventy-eight times in his career. How many? Don't look at this because I know you're looking at the same stat line as this. I this know, also this, this shocks me. All right. How many short-handed goals does Sidney Crosby have against the Flyers? <sighs> short-handed. I'm gonna say ten. Would it shock you if I said zero? Wow, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, so am I. He only has one point on the shorthanded, and it was against the Flyers. Uh, against the Flyers, it was an, obviously an assist. How about that? Six game-winning goals. 
Well, that doesn't surprise me. I remember no. the first one. I don't think everybody remembers the first one. Darian Hatcher knocked his teeth out. Then he goes and scores the game winner in overtime yeah. against yeah. Ontario Nidamaki. Yeah, I remember that. It was yesterday. That's when you knew the rivalry was there. Because even yep. so, when people, like, i tell you what was cool about that. Like, you just knew you didn't like the guy right out of the back. Because here yep. he's his premier player, and he's in Pittsburgh, and screw that. Like, it just he felt like he was only right on Pittsburgh. Back. Felt like he was only on Pittsburgh because they were saving the franchise from moving right. to Kansas City or wherever right, they were playing. Right, right, right. It's just it's oh here we go again. We don't have a guy. They have the guy. You know what I mean? Like the face of the NHL, all this stuff. You know he's gonna be so good. And look, at the end of the day, like I've come around on Sydney Crosby. I mean, I used to be like, oh, the yeah, Crosby sucks. Though. And the Crosby yep. sucks thing. And like people say, that's so disrespectful. I'm like, you don't get it. It's a Philly thing. Like, of yep. course you're going to say that. Like, no matter what, it's like Crosby sucks. It's like every Ranger game you go to, no matter who they play, you'll start hearing a whistling from the crowd. And then when the guy's done whistling, somebody will yell, Potvin sucks. Yep. And that's from an old thing from the 1970s when they used to say Potvin sucks with Dennis Potvin from the Islanders. And now it's an every game tradition. The Flyers or Crosby sucks. You mean you go to any Flyers game and they're introducing the other team's players. And after that, it sucks. After every single, it's a and they still do thing. it. Yeah, yeah they still do it. The one. And they still do it. No matter what, even the team is the worst in the conference. Alex Ovechkin sucks. Like, yep. that's just a Philly thing. People don't get it. And they say, oh, it's so disrespectful. But, it, you know, the Crosby sucks thing. Like, it's still a joke to this day. But I'm going to say, I've come around. I, 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 people say, oh, I hate Sidney Crosby. I'm like, yeah, but you don't realize when he doesn't play anymore, how how yeah. good he actually Same with was. Ovechkin. Same yeah. with Ovechkin. Like, that, the, those are the classic guys that, that, that you, you always say, I hate them. But if they mm-hmm. were on their, on my team, I would love them forever. Yep. Tom That's Wilson, really what it would, you know, yep. Wayne Simmons, you know, all those Tom guys. Wilson. I have, I'll take it as that. I tend not stand we, Tom Wilson. We talked, you about know, that before. we've but talked, you know what, endlessly. if you were on your team, you'd love him. Maybe. I don't you know. Would. There's you something would. about Tom Wilson. I think he's just a piece of shit, but <laughs> that's just me. Uh, Hey, Check us out tomorrow afternoon. The Flyers are playing at 3 o'clock against Carolina. We will do our uh, orange and back check pregame show. Scott and I on our Twitter page at Obatchek and at on my uh, Twitter page at Radio Bill 1210. That's where I will schedule it. Make sure you're listening in. There's our Again, we're live from Press Row. If you missed it, we are now an officially credentialed podcast covering the Philadelphia Flyers. Woo-hoo! It's awesome. I will be in attendance. Scott will be in attendance. I think we're going to get you one of the March games, right? Early yep. March. Yep. So we got to put in a request for that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you are listening. Seriously, it's uh, we're live from Press Row, high atop the Wells Fargo Center. It's a great view. It's awesome. Uh, at Obatchek on Twitter. You will see us there. Hear us there. You can join us. Tap that little uh, microphone icon. You can join the, in on the conversation. You have a question for us or have, just have a contribution. Because, again, we are down to the last couple of home games as a, of Claude Giroux as a Philadelphia Flyer. I, we got to try and get into one of us has to be there for the March 17th game if all things go projected that will be his 1000th career game as a flyer that is going to be a special night because i think the next day is the end of quadru like as a philadelphia flyer so make sure you're tuning in on that twitter facebook instagram all of that good stuff orange and back check podcast find us everywhere orange and back check at gmail.com if you have a question how to find us that's where you go thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you next week crosby sucks actually no he doesn't